like this, it's no wonder children grow up to be cruel, despotic dictators. Hi, welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, and tonight we are talking about Darkwing Duck comics. I have two very special guests with me tonight. First, I have my good friend, Andrew Wallace. Hi, Andrew. Hey, it's good to be back. Yes, um, our listeners might remember you from the Up, Up, and Awry episode. Yep, that was, that was so much fun to record. So thank you for returning. You're, and you're welcome. We also have another good friend of mine, Stan Lunn, who is, I think, the biggest Mighty Morphin Power Ranger fan I know. Hi, Stan. Hello, Mike. Hello, welcome. Uh, Andrew. Hello, Stan. So, Stan, you have not been with us before, so I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your history with Darkwing Duck, as well as your favorite villain in episode. All right. Well, back in 1991, when Darkwing Duck first started airing, I would come home from school to watch it, because my school life was not the most pleasant. I got bullied a lot, and Darkwing was an escape from the reality that was school. I kind of looked up to him in a lot of ways. So that Duck Knight Returns episode must have uh, been very uh, meaningful to you when you saw it. It definitely struck a few familiar chords, yes. So what's your favorite villain in your favorite episode, Stan? Well, my favorite villain has to be Lord Negaduck. Hmm. And my favorite episode is definitely Life, the Negaverse, and Everything. Aha, you are speaking my language, Stan. <laughs> All right, so welcome, guys. It's really good to have you on tonight. So, Darkwing Comics. Uh, you guys own them. I own them. It's Darkwing, you know. Darkwing and comics go together. Comics, especially the Silver Age ones, were the big inspiration for uh, the creator, Tad Stones. Um, and a lot of what he did with Darkwing Duck was based on what he knew from the Silver Age comics. So, Darkwing and comics, they... Go together perfectly, don't they? Oh, yes. They do. So let's start from the very, very, very beginning. If you were into Darkwing Duck or Disney Afternoon or just Disney in general in the late 80s, early 90s, you probably had some comics published by Disney themselves, their Disney Comics publishing arm. Um, they picked up the license from Gladstone in the late 80s, and they turned out a ton of titles, including Mickey Mouse Comics, Donald Duck comics, Uncle Scrooge comics, of course, uh, Walt Disney comics and stories, uh, stuff like Roger Rabbit comics, uh, DuckTales comics, Rescue Ranger comics, Tailspin comics, adaptions of movies like Little Mermaid and DuckTales the movie. A lot, a lot of stuff from Disney comics and stuff that's still pretty easy to find, actually. Um, but in 1991, they, of course, tackled Darkwing Duck with a four-issue limited miniseries based on Darkly Dawn's the Duck. Um, Stan, how about you tell us a little bit about those comics? Well, as Mike said, there were four of them. The first issue is kind of notable for the fact that it had a error on the front where Darkwing was not wearing his mask either in the main picture or the headshot in the corner. How does something like that slip through quality control? It it happens a few times, and it's going to come up again a couple times later. <laughs> but it's the cover of the first issue. It's like forgetting to draw the cowl on Batman. It sticks out <laughs> like such a sore thumb. Yeah, and it's a, it must have been a painting issue, because like you said, on the, tip, the very top left cover, the little icon, 
he doesn't have the mask on that one either. Nope, but they definitely corrected it for the remainder of the issues. Oh, definitely. Must have been some major miscommunication. Well, like I said, Disney Comics was publishing so much stuff. Their quality control was probably pretty lax. Um, But it's a pretty good adaption of those two episodes. I mean, when they did the Rescue Rangers adaption of To the Rescue, they tried to cram five episodes into two issues. And when they did Plunder and Lightning, they put four episodes into four issues. That makes sense. Here, they're taking two episodes and putting it into four issues. So, like, all the dialogue, all the action, everything makes it into this adaption. And they they even add more dialogue and more stuff just to beef it up a little bit. I highly recommend these comics. Um, the art was by a man named John Blamore. He passed away recently. It's a shame because I like his style. Stan, what do you think of uh, his style? I thought it was very well done. It's very silly, but it works. Yeah. Like a lot of it's like super off model, but he just kind of gets the spirit of Darkwing Duck. He really does. And what I heard, he didn't even see a finished episode. He probably had to do this before the episodes were done. All he was given was storyboards to go off of. So with that in mind, he had basically come up with his own style for this. And I think th- these comics look really cool. Yeah. Was it well, more rubber hose looking? Very rubber hose looking. Okay. But it works. It works. Um, and these comics are also worth getting because a few of them, I don't know if all of them do, a few of them end with an interview with Jim Cummings. Issue number one does. Yes, I think, the, I think one of the Tailspin issues has an interview with him as well. Yep, the second Maybe, of the interview with him is on issue number six of Tailspin. Because I think that one he's mainly talking about Don Carnage, and he talks more about Darkwing in the Darkwing issue. So that's cool to have. Definitely one of the earliest interviews with Jim about Darkwing Duck, um, which is cool to have. It's like a capsule in time. And they're, they're great comics to have because this is where it all begins. You know, just Darkwing in comics. This is where it got started. Disney Comics had a plan to do more, but everything just imploded at Disney Comics right right around the time the Darkwing issues were coming out. Um, I think they were doing too much, and the market couldn't handle it, and they ended up uh, canceling all their, like, non-Mickey and Donald and Uncle Scrooge comics, like all the Rescue Ranger and Tailspin comics. I know, like, there were, there were comics that were done that never got printed, because it was abruptly, like they they had previewed the next issues and just everything was canceled. And if that hadn't happened, we might have gotten a lot more Darkwing comics out of Disney Comics. It's just they canceled everything, and that was it. And they you know they they hung on for a few more years with their Mickey and Donald and Uncle Scrooge stuff, but eventually they folded. I don't remember which company picked up the license after that, um, but. Luckily for us 90s kids, right, Stan? There were other ways to read Darkwing Duck comics. Uh, the, the next one that came out pretty much around the same time was Colossal Comics, which was also put out by Disney Comics. Right. Colossal Comics were like digest size ed- editions. I don't really know if they do digest comics these days, but these were like little TV guide size comic magazines with a variety of comics in them. 
Um, everyone had a Darkwing comic in it. Um, there were Tailspin yeah, but- comics, Rescue Ranger comics. Um, what other stories were in there, Stan? Well, Darkwing actually didn't show up till issue number four. The first three issues do not have Darkwing. Oh, right. I remember that. Okay, I think my first issue might have been one of the Darkwing ones. But yeah, think about issue, it. issue number four also, you know, reprints the the four-issue miniseries, the Darkly Dons the Duck. Oh, does it? Yep. Then oh. issue number five had the Justice Ducks. You know. Yes, Justice Ducks got a re- uh, comic adaption as well, also drawn by John Blair Moore. Um, those are fun. That's fun. It's just fun to see like the actual episodes in comic book form. You know, it's it's it, those are fun. I do enjoy those. Another cool thing about the Colossal Comics is a lot of them had very, you know, special art for the front. Like issue number nine had both Darkwing and Goofy swinging on ropes above the Audubon Bay Bridge. And issue, issue number eight, if I remember correctly, had the Little Mermaid with a Darkwing statue. Well, wasn't it the Little Mermaid statue and Darkwing was underwater in a tank top and his boxer shorts? I believe there's a cover like that as well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's some cool art. I do remember. I, I know I have some of those still. Um, but yeah, those, those digests had a whole bunch of comics of all different characters. Again, Darkwing... Goof Troop, Rescue Ranger, Tailspin, all the different shows. I but think that was Bonkers. Bonk, bonkers too? I think so. I don't remember Bonkers being around at the time, but I really didn't collect all the Colossal comics. I know you do, so if I'll, I will definitely take your word on that. It makes me more willing to track those down if Bonkers was in there too. And there was another way to read Darkwing Duck comics back then, wasn't there, Stan? Yes, there was. So what the... was the other way to do it? Well, there was the two graphic novels they created called Cartoon Tales. Now, one of them adapted the Justice Ducks. Justice yep. Ducks was in one of them, correct? Yes. What it was, was in the other one? The other one, which was called Darkwing Duck Returns, Capes and Capers, had stories that were from our next source we'll talk about, but they had... The Liquid Diet, which is a very Mm. special Darkwing comic. They had The Found World and The Kitty Cat Caper, which we will also touch on a lot more later. Yeah, these are pretty notable. Uh, The Found World is probably the least notable, but it was another John Blair Moore story. It's a really short story, but it has more of his art. Yes, The Kitty Cat Caper, that comes back. Like, years from there, it comes back. Yeah. but the other one, Liquid Diet, we can talk about that now. That is special. Why is that special, Stan? That is special because it is a sequel to the Liquidator's origin episode done by the creators of the Liquidator. Yes, it was written by Kevin Camp, uh, Kevin Campbell and Brian Swenlin, who wrote Dry Heart. And this is actually a really good story. It would adapted well into the TV show. It would have. Yeah. Oh, a lost episode, it could have been. Who knows? It could have been a script. We don't know. Um, I may have to ask one of them. They're both on Facebook. Uh, The basic story is Liquidator's gone straight, or has he? He's selling his water again, but his water has a special ingredient that turns people into water beings just like himself. After not trusting him for a bit, Darkwing gives in, drinks the water, and also becomes a water being. 
And like always, it's up to Honker to save the day. It really plays like an episode of the show. Add a few more comic scenes into it, a few more bits of business, it would have been an episode. So, of course, there was one other way to read Darkwing Comics, and it's something all 90s kids remember. All 90s kids. What was it, Stan? Disney Adventures Magazine. Yeah. I think most of our listeners right now are saying to themselves, I had th- those, you know, because I certainly did. Um, Stan, really quickly, tell our listeners who don't didn't have these what Disney Adventures actually was. So Disney Adventures was a digest size magazine, you know, similar in size to the Colossal Comics that featured stories and comics from everything to do with Disney. Like, you'd have an, an issue with comics from Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, and DuckTales, and Rescue Rangers. You'd also have stuff about, like, you know, maybe the the lifestyle of bugs, or, you know, s- stuff happening on TV, or, you know, cool tips for kids about video games. And Disney Adventures reported on all pop culture stuff. There were Simpsons articles, Power Ranger articles, Jurassic Park articles, because Disney Adventures started in the early 90s, and they went into, like, what, the mid-2000s? I think up to 2005-ish. Oh, there you go. Um, They hit everything. Um, They weren't afraid to cover things by other companies either. But for our purpose— Y'all are making me wish I grew up in the 90s. It was a good time. It was a, it was a good time, Andrew. Um, but for our purposes, the big thing about Disney Adventures were the Darkwing comics. This is where the bulk of the Darkwing comics actually came from. Before we get into those, a lot of Disney comics uh, issues had really cool covers. A lot of them took a drawing of a character and put it up against like a live-action celebrity. Like you might have Darkwing with MC Hammer or Pete from Goof Troop with Tim Allen. Um, all crazy stuff like that. And the covers always caught my attention as a kid. Yeah. I mean, where else are you going to have Jafar face, facing off against Darth Vader? Nowhere but Dis- Disney Adventures. Nowhere else but there. Um, but there were a lot of Darkwing comics in Disney. I think he ended up getting the most comics in Disney Adventures. Leave so. He had 35 comics in the That's night. a lot. Um, but it ran the gamut from, like, multi-page stories to, like, one-page comics. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of fun comics in Disney Adventures, I'll tell you that. Um, like, the short ones, one of my favorites is one where um, Tuscanini and Negaduck are playing cards, and neither of them can win because they both keep cheating. Huh. And there's another one where Negaduck wants, he bribes Morgana um, to make him scare people with just a look. And to put him in a place where lots of people are there to scare. So she puts him in a house of mirrors so he scares himself. <laughs> and I will say my my favorite story they did in in Disney Adventures for Darkwing was called Vogue's Gallery. Where Darkwing had to fight the living clothes of his enemies. Like Ammonia Pine's outfit, Megavolt's outfit, and of course the most evil outfit of all, Negaduck's outfit. I've seen that <laughs> one. Like... They they did some really crazy things with these comics. They really did. Um, there was one story, I forgot what it was called, um, where Steelbeak captures Darkwing and turns him evil. 
And Darkwing is like super evil. Like he's yelling at Launchpad, he's gonna eat his heart out. Like crazy dark stuff like that. Um, and Disney Comics, the writers had a, a penchant for coming up with new villains. Yeah, one of which that would return many years later got his first start from Disney Adventures. Who is this? Fluffy. Fluffy, yes. We'll we'll get back to Fluffy. We're gonna put a pin in Fluffy. There was also Racer Rabbit. There was Poker Face, um, a villain who had a serum that made people addicted to gambling. You probably couldn't do that now. Probably not. And there he was had a, a dark... comic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that, Andrew. Um, and then there was even a Darkwing comic in 3D where he fought a 3D villain. He got sucked into the 3D world. Um, so there was some cool Darkwing comics. I want to talk about one of the coolest things that Disney Adventures ever did with the comics. It was called, and this was a, like toward the end, like around 1995, I'd say. 1994. Oh, so close. It was called The Legend of the Chaos God. Stan, would you like to tell our listeners what that was? It was a five-part crossover series that had that had uh, Tailspin began it. Then it jumped ahead to Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Right. Then Goof Troop. Then Ducktales, and then finally Darkwing Duck. Yeah, for the most part, the characters didn't meet each other, but one thing led to another. The whole idea was there was a a villain from centuries ago who is his soul now is in an amulet, correct? Yeah. And every if a character touches the amulet, he ends up possessing you. Or the chain that the amulet is on. Right. So in the Tailspin one, he possesses Rebecca. And Tailspin has to happen first because they're very smart with it because Tailspin happened, like, in the 30s. It has to happen first. Right. The, the second storyline, um, he possesses Dale, Correct. Uh, which is the only one that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me continuity-wise because Chip and Dale's universe is set in the human world. But they don't really get into it, you know? This, the next one is, of course, Goof Troop, and it possesses Pete's new car. And finally, DuckTales, what is the villain? What was his name, Saligio? What does he possess in the DuckTales story? If memory serves me right, didn't he possess the Gizmo Duck suit? Yes, he does. And then we end up in part five where Darkwing, Launchpad, and Gizmoduck have to team up to defeat the villain. And it was cool. And from what I've heard, Aaron Sparrow, you know, the writer of a lot of the newer comics, wanted to adapt that. He wanted to expand on that. He just never got a chance to. That's really cool. That's a shame. Uh, I urge everybody to try to find those because that's a really cool story. I would definitely recommend it. Um, but, you know, eventually all the Disney afternoon shows ended. They weren't, you know, as known anymore. You know, they're, they're, they're light faded. So all that stuff disappeared from Disney comics. They moved on to Kim Possible comics, Pixar comics, all the newer stuff. So our story with Disney comics kind of ends there. But enter Marvel. Yep. So, Stan... Briefly, tell us a bit about the Marvel uh, Disney Afternoon comics, because you're the only one of the three of us who owns those. So the Disney Afternoon from Marvel Comics was a 10-issue series 
Darkwing is on the cover of every single issue in some form or another. <laughs> even and every issue has a story with Darkwing, even though at least one of those issues has the story is just a single page. <laughs> but you know, Darkwing Space sells comics. Yep. Yeah, what are you gonna do? And I will say some of the art was a little strange. Like the very first issue had the fearsome five, but Quackerjack and Negaduck are yes. drawn so weirdly. Like Quackerjack is green and Negaduck is like yellow and purple. That is huh. the only issue I actually do own. Uh, another John Blair Moore, um, you know, storyline. Yes, Quackerjack is painted very weird, but I'll give it. This is one of the first times. I remember seeing Negaduck with sharp teeth. Huh. But um, what other kind of things happened in the, the Marvel uh, Disney Afternoon comics, Stan? Well, they had, you know, stories from all the other, you know, Disney Afternoon era shows. So they had DuckTales comics. They had Doof Troop, Bonkers, Chippendale. I think what these comics are most, you know, infamous for is the fact that they're so hard to find. Yeah, especially issues 7, 9, and 10. Issue 10 goes for usually $50 and up. Yeah, um, and I think these flew under the radar because by the time they started getting published, the Disney Afternoon was kind of on its way out, and none of these shows were producing new episodes anymore. So I think people just weren't paying attention to it. And, of course, the later issues were probably just sold less. They probably made less of them. Right. And that's probably why they're so expensive. And you mentioned issue seven has blue on the cover. Yep. Right. So when you when you, yeah. Blue. So when you pull Tailspin fans into it, you know you get more people who want it as well. I mean, I don't have those. I'd like to pick them up. I just don't want to pay what some of these issues are worth. You know. Well, the um, one thing I will give people hope on is that you can still find them sometimes for a cheap price, like. I found my issue number 10 at a local comic store who had it in the $2 box. Wow. You know, well, he didn't know what he had. And I didn't know until I bought it, you know, cause it was Darkwing. Obviously I was going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of cool that Disney afternoon got their own dedicated comic book line. It's just too bad. It was, it happened so late. Um, so it's funny. Marvel had a little hand in Disney stuff way before Disney bought them. Yeah. If only that can happen now. But, you know, the comic industry is not what it used to be. So I'm not anticipating that. But we're going to fast forward quite a bit now. Um, not quite yet. No? Oh, I forgot something you wanted to talk about, Stan. Take it. There is one other comic that came out back in the day for Darkwing. It was a book put out by Golden Books called Darkwing Duck Comics to Color, which featured a fold-out black-and-white comic that you could color in with games and puzzles on the back the story was called high and dry and featured Steelbeak stealing all the water in saint canard i don't even want to know how he did that <laughs> now, it's, um, it's a oddity to be sure but hey the ability to color your own comics that's pretty cool so now we're going to fast forward about 15 years and I'm not going to go into too much detail about the whole backstory here, but Aaron Sparrow, a man named Aaron Sparrow, 
a wonderful man named Aaron Sparrow, who we're very thankful pushed for this. He wanted to do a Darkwing Duck comic. It was, he loved Darkwing. He wanted to continue the story of Darkwing Duck. He had it in his head for years, a whole storyline he wanted to do with Darkwing. It was just a matter of getting it done. Now, if you want to hear about the whole story right from Aaron Sparrow's mouth, I urge everyone to pause this, go find our virtual panel on YouTube, the one Will broke his back on months ago putting together. It's about 20 minutes of Aaron Sparrow talking about how badly he wanted to get Darkwing Duck back in the comics, how badly, how much he had to fight for this, how everybody at the comic book company he worked at, Boom Studios, wanted him on Muppets comics and wanted him to do Pixar stuff and he wanted Darkwing and by a miracle he was finally given a shot. So please listen to that, listen to from Aaron Sparrow's own words and then come on back and join us for the next part of this discussion. So guys, the Boom Comics. I think we're all thankful these even existed. Yes. <laughs> because this is where I think Darkwing Duck just started to come back into modern usage because before this i think the whole disney afternoon thing was dead for the most part and i think this was a big part of what brought him back you know so the boom comics andrew i want you to jump in here because All now right. you have these comics you want to tell us a little bit about these comics well they start off with dark wings working a day job he's hung up the cape and cow well, mask and big floppy hat. <laughs> and guess who he's working um, his day job with? Elmo's Butterspark, also known as? Megavolt. See, the thing to remember with this, with what Aaron Sparrow did is that this picks up right after the series with about a year gap in between. This isn't a re-envision. This isn't a reboot. This isn't DuckTales 2017. This is just the Darkwing Duck we know and love continued, basically. So, Andrew, so he's working this day job. Why does he have to do that? Well, it turns out Negaduck figured out who Darkwing was because of Launchpad bumbling. Mm-hmm. Um... And Darkwing wanted to protect everyone he knew and loved because he didn't want them to be in danger. Right. So Darkwing enrolled Goslin into a private school. Mm -hmm. He cut ties with Launchpad and Morgana and got a job at Quackworks. This mysterious company that sprung up overnight basically put all the police out of work with their own crime bots, stopped crime completely. Even the criminals work for this company. There is no Darkwing Duck. And, Barely anyone remembers him. And no one remembers him. And this whole thing, Aaron Sparrow came up with the story by himself. This is his baby. He didn't write for the Boom Comics. Another writer named Ian Brill did. But the art, let's talk about the art, of course. Stan, who did all of the art for the Boom Comics? James Silvani. Oh, this guy's a master, isn't he? Yes, he is. He His uh, art is is incredible. Everything always seems to just be leaping off the page. And at least in the Boom comics, Silvani had this great knack of hiding Disney Easter eggs in the background. 
Like, he was great at that. If it was a scene set in a school and there were, like, posters on the wall, you would see Disney characters. If a character was on a building, there would be, like, a gargoyle in the background. Uh, he was such a great artist. He's still, you know, drawing Darkwing stuff at conventions. He'll sign he'll sign your, your copies of your comics with little Darkwing Duck pictures. I have a print he made. He was an amazing artist. And... um. But, you know, the only downside is that Aaron Sparrow only got to really ghostwrite the first story arc, and he didn't stick around. And many people will say the stories did kind of suffer in his absence. I don't know if you guys agree, but that's the prevailing attitude about that. I I will say I do agree, having read the definitively dangerous edition where he got to go in and fix the story. Yeah. Thank so, goodness. So let's run down the history of what Boom did with the Darkwing Duck stories. So our first story arc, the Fearsome Five minus Negaduck, they get back together for a crime spree. They get back at all their evil bot, all their old bosses. Quackerjack in charge. Quackerjack is in charge. And Quackerjack is PO'd at Negaduck after Negaduck <laughs> ripped up Banana Brain. So Quackerjack comes up with a robot Banana Brain, like Mecha Banana Brain. He's made and of Hayden wires. I'm made of Hayden wires. <laughs> and, um, of course, Darkwing and Launchpad Reconcile. And who is the big bad? Who is Who was in charge of Quackworks? Everyone's and, favorite Tim, Gur- Tim Curry character. Who is that, Andrew? Taurus Bulba. Yeah, so Taurus Bulba came back, gunning for the Gizmoduck suit and the new code word to make it work, uh, which was Keen Gear. Whole backstory with Bulba and Gyro and the Gizmoduck suit. We don't even really go into it. But suffice it to say, Goslin ends up in the Gizmoduck suit. And so she calls herself Gosmoduck. They do defeat Bulba. And they move on to story arc number two. Which is, I think, a, I think is most people's favorite. Wouldn't you say, Stan? It's certainly my favorite of the boom arcs. And this one is called Crisis on Infin- Infinite Dark Wings. This one has who are the bad guys in this one? Dan? Evil Darkwings, along yeah. with the masterminds of the whole thing, Magicka Dispel and Negaduck. Yeah, Negaduck's really using Magicka's ability to mind control, coupled with his ability to, to, to jump around different dimensions, to capture every dimension's version of Darkwing Duck, hypnotize them, and send them loose. In, my, in St. Bernard to ruin his reputation. Very cool story. There Including is, Darkwing Bowling Ball. Darkwing Bowling Ball. How can we forget Darkwing Bowling Ball? Um, what are you? Are you a living bowling ball? I think I, I am. <laughs> um, but this is the one with all the crazy Easter eggs. They got Darkwing Doubloon in there, Dark Warrior Duck, of course, Demolition Duck, a Darkwing as the Flying Monkeys from Wizard of Oz, Sailor Moon Darkwing, Silver Surfer Darkwing. It's really crazy. It's really let's, insane. Let's not forget my favorite, Darthwing Duck. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's even um, a Doctor Who Darkwing. And, and you, Indiana you got, Jones one and a Chip and Dale one. Timon and Pumbaa one, too. It is really insane. And um, Morgana comes back. Darkwing gets back together with her. And, of course, leads to a big confrontation with Negaduck and Magicka. But, as Ian Brill loved to do, not something I'm hugely fond of, 
he always throws a curveball in the last issue of the story arc. Because each of these story arcs were four issues. Um, what happens at the end of the story, Andrew? Who comes back? Well, it's Paddywhack. Paddywhack comes back. Oh, yeah. And it absorbs with Negaduck and becomes a giant sharp tooth Negaduck monster attacking the city. And they defeat him by zapping him with the Tron Splitter. And then Paddywhack takes the Tron Splitter and hits Negaduck over and over and over and over again until he turns into tiny particles and floats away. Remember that. That's important. So that was Crisis on Infinite Dark Wings. Now we move on to the next story arc. It's called Foul Disposition. Stan, tell us how this, quickly tell us what this story arc is about. Basically, if anyone has ever read H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos, we get Duckthulhu, a, a creature right out of Lovecraftian horror. Duckthulhu for sure. <laughs> yeah. And we get to see Steelbeak team up with Darkwing. Nah, not a pairing I'm very fond of, because it doesn't let Steelbeak be Steelbeak, honestly. But it's all right. Um, we also get a little action from Ammonia Pine, Hotshot, and um, Fly Girl. And Goslin gives up the Gosmoduck suit, and she becomes... Quiverwing Quack is back. Yep. And a the Arrow Kid. kid. <laughs> so this one kind of sets up Morgana isn't too happy with how the relationship is going she feels like darkwing is kind of prioritizing the superhero stuff because he's keeping his quote-unquote friendship with steelbeak a secret and she feels left out and eventually yes duck thulu does rise and this is where my issues with ian brill come up a lot of his writing is very cryptic and very heavy like, very dramatic. More dramatic, I think, than Darkwing Duck really needs. And they go into, like, who he is, what happens if things get too, too like, if he gets too in, in too deep, will he turn out like Negaduck? Will he turn out like Dark Warrior Duck? It's it's a little much, I would say, the story. I think it's where the Boom comics start to lose their way. Stan, right. what do you think? Yeah, that, it's definitely not one of my favorite arcs. Andrew, sure. how do you feel? I mean, this is closer to the tipping point when you kind of feel like it's just going further away from the first few arcs, and you can tell with Sparrow's absence. Yeah. But, I mean, it's always good to see Steelbeak, but the whole, at first, I wasn't into the whole Duckthulhu idea. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it grew on me a little bit, but... Out of just one of the arcs out of it. I mean, it's it's okay. They come up with they come up with a new character too, a um, double crossings uh, foul agent named Femapeel, who's mm -hmm. a fox. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd never really warmed up to her. Yeah. And of, and of course, just like the last story arc, it ends with a big monster, which is Duckthulhu, mm -hmm. um, and Magicka defeats him, and basically poofs away. You mean Morgana. 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 I'm so sorry. Morgana and Magicka both start with M and have G's in their name. I have done this before. Um, sorry, guys. And so Morgana poofs away. She's gone. No one knows where. So that's when we pick up story arc number four. Um, what was it called? Campaign Carnage. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. This sets up a story that continues into the next story arc, which we'll get to. There is this weird ink that's causing these new villains to become very fixated on fighting Darkwing Duck. You get one shot who's a monkey, a former uh, pitcher, who can only throw the same, who, who can only throw something once. Which I really uh, liked his premise and that idea for a character. As a one-shot villain, he really works. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Cat Tankeris, a little grade school kitten who's in love with Goslin, who gets himself a robot suit and doesn't know why, but he wants to fight Darkwing Duck. Eh, that's not as good. But the whole thing really falls apart for me when they decide to make Launchpad the mayor of St. Cunard, mm-hmm. and him yeah. and Darkwing run against each other, and like they end up almost hating each other because they don't realize they have the ink on their fingers. Right. And it just doesn't work for me. They bring in Doofus as uh, Launchpad's campaign manager, and I don't like Doofus. Everyone's favorite DuckTales character. I know. <laughs> um, and it's just, I didn't like this one. They have a new villain called Suffrage. I don't, I wasn't feeling her either. And I think this is truly where the Darkwing Boom comics start to fall apart. Yeah, part of Suffrage's problem, I think, is the fact that they tried to make you think that it was Morgana. Yeah, yeah. It is very, but, but Ian Brill's writing is very vague. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't, I could never get behind it. Um, and I think it be, it's a lot more obvious how weak his writing is when we go to the annual, which we haven't mentioned yet. It's a Quacker, Quacker Jack story. It was not the art was not done by Silvani. It was done by a woman named Sabrina Alberghetti, whose art is great. It looks just like the Disney Australia episodes. But without Silvani there, Brill's writing stands out more. And I think the idea of Quacker Jack having a girlfriend and then getting a day job, and at the end, he turns himself into a toy because, in his words, this is the best I'll ever be. That's not Quacker Jack, man. No. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the annual more than anything else got a lot of hate when it first came out. People had a great cover. The great cover, yeah. And it, it had, it had, had one had, other really great story in it, though. And yeah, the last few pages was a story called, um, what was it called? Terror of the Time Turtle or something yeah, like that? Which I believe wasn't that written by Tad Stones? It was written by Tad Stones himself. Drake and Goslin have never sounded more like Drake and Goslin. In a, in a comic book than when Tad is writing their dialogue. That is, if you want to pick up the um, the a- annual for any reason, pick it up for that story. So as we start wrapping up the boom years, we get dangerous currency. As Darkwing Duck was wrapping up, they did four issues of a DuckTales comic. And then issues five and six was a crossover with issues 17 and 18 of Darkwing Duck. So a storyline called Dangerous Currency that is meant to wrap everything up. Stan, you want to just really briefly give us a storyline for Dangerous Currency? So basically, it's revealed that the mysterious ink that was creating all the new villains is been from the Phantom Blot. Who is hooked up with Magicka. Right. And... It's revealed where Fenton Gizmoduck has been, that Magicka kidnapped him. Mm-hmm. But eventually they have to throw in that other curveball that the ink is not actually the Phantom Blot's doing. It's yeah. Negaduck. 
It's Negaduck. Yeah, when he turned into particles, he became the ink. And wherever Negaduck ended up after being zapped is where Morgana ended up too. Yeah. So at the end, the two of them both come back. But we have like so many characters. They cram in like all the DuckTales characters, the Beagle Boys, the super villains. They have um, Camille Chameleon, uh, Ammonia Pine, Cinnamon Teal from DuckTales. Like all, like M- Mama Crackshell comes back. Like the only time we see her in a comic, Mama Crackshell. There's a lot going on in this story. Um, but this story arc, this whole Dangerous Currency, got also got a lot of hate when it was brand new for just really, really weird writing. And I'm going to go into a little bit of that. Um, when Fenton first shows up, basically, Andrew, what happens between him and Drake? Well, Drake, for some reason, doesn't remember Fenton at all. Nope. And for some reason, Launchpad knows that Fenton is Gizmoduck. Yep. And then Fenton just reveals he's Gizmoduck to everyone once Scrooge and everyone else arrives. Yep. And then Darkwing just reveals his identity, too, which is totally out of character. Yeah. Launchpad's like, you might as well tell him, you know, Scrooge is my friend. And then Darkwing's like, well, I guess you ought to know. I'm Darkwing Duck. And it's just like, that means Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webby know, too. Because they were right there. And this is so odd that, like, they, they, just, they just blow their secrets like that. Lots of weird things like that in this story. Like, Mama Crackshell seems to not know that Fenton is Gizmoduck, for example. And the characters really aren't, like, whoever's writing this dialogue, because it was a toss-up between Brill and a writer named Warren Spector, Scrooge doesn't talk like Scrooge. He keeps saying, my money, over and over. Stan, how does Scrooge talk? Would he say my money? I'm not entirely sure. It has been a while since I've watched DuckTales, but I don't think he would. No, he would say, me money. Me money, Ben. And, <laughs> That's uh, right. He'd say, curse me kilts. And in this comic, he's saying, curse my kilts. It's like, have you ever seen DuckTales? Oh, bless and my bagpipes. Bless my bagpipes, yeah. <laughs> so this, this, this whole story, I'm not going to go, you know... I'm not going to go too much more into this, but at the very end, you guys want to find out how they beat Negaduck? They beat Negaduck by Morgana telling Darkwing, I put a curse on him, which will defeat him if you tell him a truth. Darkwing says to Negaduck, I'm going to tell you the truth, Negaduck. You don't let yourself have any friends. That defeats Negaduck. <laughs> Blew my mind. <laughs> Negaduck doesn't care if he has friends. No, nope. it's 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 the it, the novelty of seeing all these characters together is legitimately fun. It really is. Um, but my problem with it is the writing is just really, really off. It really Very is. out of whack. And it was rushed. And it was published without Disney's approval. And in the end, the decision was made that. Dangerous Currency would not be canon to everything else in the, what Boom had put out. Um, it, since it was also one of the last things they published, the trade paperback for Dangerous Currency, I think, is one of the rarest Darkwing-related comics ever put out. Yeah, I've seen some people charging about $1,000 for it. Luckily, I, remember, I remember trying to look for that after I had first gotten my 
definitively dangerous um, paperback. And I was looking for it. And when I saw it for like $560, I was like, <laughs> nope. So Individual comics are easier to find and cheaper. I know it's more appealing to have it all in one book. But right. definitively, yeah, dangerous currency is extremely rare and expensive right now. I mean, luckily you can justify not getting it by saying it isn't canon. I don't need it. But we Darkwing fans need everything, don't we? Yes. So, a few years pass. You know, Boom loses a license to Darkwing, all the other Disney stuff, and they're done. So, Boom did publish one other thing before they went out. The Darkwing Classics Collection. Right, which contained, once again, the first four original Disney Comics issues and a few of the issues from the uh, Disney Adventures. Including Liquid Diet and The Found World. And two other comics whose names escape me. The Um, other two were Let's Get Fiscal and Turnabout is Foul Play. Right. Turnabout is Foul Play is the one where Steelbeak makes Darkwing evil. And Let's Get Physical is where Foul kidnaps an accountant with a magical calculator. Um, That one has Grizzly Cop in it. Right. Okay, so let's fast forward a bit. Aaron Sparrow and James Silvani still have stories to tell. They still want to do more Darkwing. So they hook up with a small-time publisher called, Stan? Joe Books. Joe Books. And their first project is getting all that boom stuff back in print, but on their terms. They want to rewrite it. They don't like what Ian Brill did. um, Aaron Sparrow never liked how Ian Brill took his ideas and changed them. Um... So we get the Definitively Dangerous edition, which packs all the boom stuff except Dangerous Currency. That was published in 2015. A lot of the dialogue has been changed. You can finally hear the characters' voices in your head. Magica talks like Magica. Darkwing goes, yep, 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 yep. (sighs) (laughs) All the characters talk like themselves. You can hear it in your head. Um, Even some of the art. A lot of the stuff that Silvani wasn't fond of, he went back and fixed. Um, a few things were changed because Disney wasn't fond of it. Uh, Megavolt has a line in the first story arc about Drake working a crappy day job. They got rid of the word crappy. They weren't fond of that. And a reference to how the crime bots had cowboy hats and chains. And Darkwing in the original Boom comic says, I guess someone had a funny way of enjoying the weekend. And they removed that because they thought that was a little too dirty. I think it's funny. But the defendant... What? I'm sorry, Stan. I was just going to say, they did get rid of some of the gags. Like, there's one panel from from in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Darkwings where in the original comic issue, you see Goslin, you know, sitting at school and behind her are Pistol... PJ and Max from Goof Troop and they redid that so now it's Mortimer now it's uh, Mortimer being bullied outside in the playground instead of that scene oh I did not know that but I guess it does I guess it does really fit into like the story arcs of what they were doing there um, but it's definitely worth tracking down the definitively dangerous edition has gone up in price quite a bit because it's so much better than the boom stuff um, it's got everything, all 16 issues and the annual, um, because it throws out, of course, dangerous currency. We don't find out what happened to Quackerjack, Morgana, 
Negaduck or Gizmoduck. So all of that has been thrown out. We and... do get something else in its place, though. Yeah, basically an epilogue where basically to symbolize his new priorities, new focus on crime fighting, Darkwing trades the turtleneck for a shirt and tie. And now he's carrying two gas guns, Western style. <laughs> so, and it ends with him basically saying, you know, Morgana, I will find you, basically. Yeah. And luckily, we got more comics out of Joe Books. We got to have more comics. These, I think, are the best Darkwing Duck comics ever made because now with Aaron Sparrow actually writing from the ground up, along with along with Silvani helping him write, we have something that's very close to the show in terms of humor and dialogue. These eight issues that Joe Books, Books did are the ones I recommend picking up. Yeah, Definitely, guys. Knocked it out of the park. Very much so. So I don't think, since these are still possible to pick up, the two trade paperbacks are not out of print yet. I recommend anybody who wants them, hurry up on um, James Silvani's, uh, you know, website. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? Silvaniart.com? Yep. Get these before they're gone. He will also sign them and draw a sketch for you. Once they are gone, they're probably going to shoot up in price. So guys, go for it. If you want these, get them now. You'll, you'll regret it later. Um, but really quick, there's a story arc where Darkwing is locked inside a jail where all of his villains are. Negaduck lets them all go to, to attack him. We get the return of Icy Vanderchill. We get the return of uh, Camille Chameleon. The Beagle Boys show up. Uh, Poker Face comes back. <laughs> <laughs> who? And, uh, yeah, he goes, um, I'm Poker Face. And Negaduck's like, who? And he's like, they made a comic after me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that was the first three issues. Great to see all the villains come back. And Negaduck's like, Negaduck is Negaduck. Like, no explanation how he comes back. He just comes back. Now, whenever I first started reading this, and when I opened the first page, and I see Launchpad, Darkwing, and Megavolt on the Electrical Light Parade um, car from Disneyland, I knew this was going to be amazing. Yeah. So. So, so for time constraints, we do have to start, start wrapping up our episode. Um, but there were a lot of other great stories. Um, they fought a new villain called the Natmare. The story mm -hmm. ends with them turning Megavolt into a giant bug zapper. <laughs> Splatter Phoenix comes back at a comic book convention. Yeah. And of course, they adapted an old Disney comic story called the Kitty Cat Caper to introduce a character named Fluffy, um, mm -hmm. which doesn't pay off because unfortunately the comic was canceled after eight issues. We never find out what Fluffy's up to. We never right. found out what Negaduck's up to or what Quackerjack's up to. Morgana never does come back. Uh, or the Flannan Blot. Uh, the last two issues is a two-part story involving Bushroot and Posey, which mm -hmm. kind of reforms Bushroot. It's a real ending where Bushroot and Darkwing are actually talking like man-to-man -man about life. And Bushroot's like, you know, I loved Posey. It was hard to let her go. And, you know, they, they, they talk about things. But it ends with a joke. Where Bushroot goes, I'm still going back to jail, aren't I? And Darkwing's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really, really great. And just, guys, if you're listening, please pick these up. You won't regret it. Um, but unfortunately, the comics were canceled. And Sparrow and Silvani still want to do it again. They still have stories to tell, and I hope they get a chance. But, you know, with COVID having really ruined the comic book industry right now, I don't know if we'll ever get that chance 
fingers crossed. I hope it happens. Um, hey, if anybody should be in charge of a new Darkwing Duck series, it just should be these two guys. Honestly. Oh, yes. Um, but that's Darkwing Duck in comics. Um, that, I think there's some of the most quintessential Darkwing merchandise you could own outside of like the Funkos and the Playmates toys. Like, I think then the most important co- toy, the merchandise has come out in the last 10 years. Like, you got to have these comics. It's like, it's like new episodes of the show, honestly. So that's Darkwing in comics. <laughs> Comic book star in Darkwing Duck. What's the world coming to, right? <laughs> um, now, now, Andrew, last time we talked, you're not on social media, so the fans can't really find you anywhere. Um, but that's okay. But you um, can see me on the Saturday Zoom calls. Yes, if anybody wants to be on our Zoom calls, um, contact Will Santana, and you, he'll get you on, and you can you can meet Andrew. Stan, um, how can the fans find you, and do you have anything you want to plug? Well, the fans can also see me on the Zoom calls. Right. I'm usually there every week. Uh, in terms of other places, I am on both Facebook and Twitter. I'm on Instagram, but I don't really post anything on there. I have a YouTube page called dmc jedi man uh-huh. i just post a lot of random stuff on there and i have a deviant art page that is called dmc jedi cool yeah you guys are just great guys it's awesome talking to you every saturday on our zoom chats and you guys are true darkwing fans it's been wonderful talking to both of you tonight thank you mike and thank- so and of course we are the saint canard files a darkwing duck podcast you can find us on all major podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Amazon. You can speak into your Alexa. It'll play the newest episode for you there. iHeartRadio, Pandora. Wow, this gets longer and longer every time. Um, we're also on YouTube. Uh, you can watch our you know, our virtual panel there. Please do for the Silvani and Sparrow interview. And, of course, you can join our Zoom chats every Saturday, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can meet Andrew, Stan, Will, me, all of our friends. And our next episode should be a discussion about the Capcom NES Darkwing game. We're throwing that one back to Will and his uh, video game friends. Um, they did the Turbo Graphics episode. They're doing a Capcom NES Darkwing episode. So stay tuned for that one. And again, Andrew, Stan, thank you so much for being my guests tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. It was a lot of fun. So with that said, I think uh, everyone have a good night and stay dangerous. Good night, y'all. Stay dangerous, everyone.